0: I was in there and I was crying and I was down on my knees. I was just like a baby all balled up, crying and crying and crying. I didn't know what for. I don't know why I was crying. And they just left me alone, let me cry and the Lord must have hit me hard. Cause I could remember saying, Lord, I don't want to leave, leave this hospital an alcoholic or a drug addict. I'd
1: sooner stay here and, and, and my life here. good Welcome, my friends, to The Storyteller, where you'll find First Nations people from across Native North America who are following Jesus Christ without reservation. Today we'll hear from a man who suffered terribly at the hands of others, and because of it, he turned to alcohol and drugs and wanted nothing to do with God.
0: My name is Charles Paul, known as Charlie, and I'm a member of the St. Mary's First Nations tribe, 100% Maliseet, passed on by the Passamaquoddy tribe of Maliseet people. I was born and raised on the St. John River in the city of Fredericton, in the province of New Brunswick, Canada, and I lived here all my life. On reservation. Growing up as a, as a a small child, we were all placed in schools on reserves. Mine was the first, uh, First Nation St. Mary's Indian Day School, which I attended up to the age of 13. Being native and being, being a part of a school which was taught by non-Indian was very hard. For they wanted something that I couldn't give, and that was trying to learn the book called the Catechism. I couldn't learn this book because it was too hard, and the words were hard. And so, I, when I couldn't learn it and do the readings in it and do what the teacher wanted, I was punished every day. I could remember myself each day getting ready for a beating. Because I couldn't understand. And it tore my people apart. That when they try to make us be something we weren't. And I could remember being prayed down to go to church like animals tied to each other. Walking hand in hand. Hanging onto a rope. And being segregated. Not allowed to sit with non-natives. We were placed up in the balconies of the church and I think that's where the downfall of my life started. Instead of being beaten anymore like I said at the age of 13 I quit school and that's when I first had my taste of alcohol and it grew and it grew and I drank for 40 years. Not knowing God because I didn't want to know Him. For the, for the beatings I got and the torture I got, I hated, I learned to hate God. And anything that, or anybody that had anything to do with Him. Like I said, it tore me apart and made me a cold and and violent person. I destroyed everything that came into my path. I tried to. Time I got to the age of 15, I did a break-and-enter, and I was sentenced to a year at a training center for youth. And while I was there, there was a person there in persons that were sexual abusers. And as being a native and alone and scared and frightened, I was one of these victims of a sexual assault Well, I was raped there, placed in a dungeon naked, and... That made me even more angrier and more mad and despised white people. I didn't want anybody. I I couldn't care for anybody. I carried that burden with me for 40 years as long as I drank. I didn't tell anybody. But I showed it in ways that I shouldn't have. I tried marriage. My first marriage didn't work. I had a daughter, she died at the age of six months old through my first marriage and that again set me off into a rage and disowned my wife and left her and, and, and just kept on drinking and, and just being being a cold person. I should have never been married or thought of it because of the hurt that was inside and I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't want anybody to know because at them days, it wasn't the right thing to tell anybody that you've been, uh, that you been abused sexually, verbally, mentally, every way you could be. I was damaged. I felt that my life was no good. I felt that I was worth nothing. I felt that I was useless. That the only thing I could do was drink and drink and drink. And it carried on and I kept drinking, getting in trouble, in and out of jail. No education. Didn't know how to live because I never lived sober. I just lived on drugs, alcohol and violence. Traveled where I could, did what I could, made money anywhere I could, selling drugs, drinking, stealing, anything. And that's where I lived. I lived like that. All my teen life and all my adult life, seeing people come and go. Seen people die. Buried my own people. Watched them die in fires. But I didn't know why. I didn't know that that this time the Lord had his hand on me. and, And was getting me ready for something. But I just didn't realize it though at that time. That I was to do good in the world at some point. After being arrested a few times and being in jail. My last time, I was in a place called Westmoreland Institution. It's a part of a penitentiary system. Not exactly locked up, but I was there. It's more like a college thing. I kept going to church there and kept going to church and watching people going, and they're always talking about how good they felt after, after going to church. So I started going. And I wanted to know more about it. I got excited and wanted to learn more and more and more about it. So I started thinking, thinking, thinking. I said, outreach. St. Mary's outreach. Christian Outreach, Martin, Barron, Richard. Maybe they'll come to see me. Maybe they'll share the word of the Lord with me as as natives, talking to natives and see if it's real. So the pastor there, he got in touch with, we got in touch with Martin and Sue and, and through their kindness and love for Jesus, they came down, brought the whole group down and they did a service in the church. Oh, there must be, I don't know how many of us in there, all listening like we always did, sitting way, way in the back. I sat way in the back so I wouldn't be seen. And after they're preaching and they're singing, and hearing their stories, testaments about Jesus, I looked around at some other guys, and we all looked at each other and anybody want to come up and give their heart to the Lord? And I didn't know what it was, I didn't know what to expect or what it was. but I went up, and that was the first time that I felt that. Somebody's given me something for free without me giving anything back, just my love. That's when it truly reached me the inside that this is real because these people wouldn't come all this way and just come because they want or they came for the love of Jesus and to share it in, 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 in jail with us. And that's how it began and it grew and it grew and it grew. If I had to go back a little bit ways, I'd have to say that I took sick and took a diabetic seizure along the way there in Moncton. And I was placed in hospital. And I thought I was dead because they were trying to keep me alive by giving me some kind of medication. And they ended up in hospital and I was there for three days. And I came too. I woke up. And I, and I, at this time, I, I don't know what happened, I don't really, really, really understand it. I was in there and I was crying and I was down on my knees, I was just like a baby, all balled up, crying and crying and crying, I didn't know what for, I don't know why I was crying. And they just left me alone, let me cry and the Lord must have hit me hard. Because I could remember saying, Lord, I don't want to leave, leave this hospital, an alcoholic or a drug addict. I'd sooner stay here and end and my life here. I just don't want to leave. I just don't want to go out that world anymore as a drunk, a drug user, abuser. After a couple hours, it just ended right there and then. I don't know what I heard or what I did, but all I know is that everything left, everything left me. I never drank again. I never smoked another cigarette. I never did any more cocaine or any kind of drug again from that day on. And it's just the Lord come and just says, take my hand and I will lead you. And that's the way it's been. The Lord's been protecting me from, from that time till now and he never let me go and I don't know what else I would do if he did I wouldn't know how to drink anymore I wouldn't know how to do anything because I lost it I lost it I don't know how a man that drank all his life and one day in hospital crying for no reason and the next thing you know I'm a sober man and a different person as if, as if the old Charlie just died that day and I was reborn. And the spirit of the Lord was in me and, and it couldn't leave. It just didn't want to leave me. And I felt, I felt life. I didn't know what it was all about because I never lived my life sober. I didn't know what sober people did. I don't know how they acted. I don't know how they seen life. I seen my life through the eyes of a bottle and that was my, savior and my my comforter was uh drinking a bottle of whiskey till it was gone or bought or anything that would get me drunk that was my savior but it came to be that it wasn't to be like that forever I guess the Lord always had his hand on me but I just wasn't ready to have him I didn't want to know him but he got in, he got into my heart and my soul and my mind and and took over my actions and took over my life
1: That's what God does He takes hopeless, broken lives and makes them new And what God did for Charlie He can do for you He tells us in the Bible in 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore if anyone is in Christ he is a new creation The old things have passed away Behold all things have become new What about you my friend? Are you ready for God to make you new? He will, if you'll humble yourself, turn to Him and receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Don't just take my word for it. Pick up a Bible and read the Gospel of John. Ask God to show you the way to this new life and then obey what He says. If you would like to know more, please visit our website withoutreservation.com and click on the tab New Life. You can also write to us at The Storyteller, P.O. Box 1001, Bemidji, Minnesota, 56619. That's The Storyteller, P.O. Box 1001, Bemidji, Minnesota, 56619. Our phone number is 877-766-4648. And you can also find us on Facebook at Without Reservation. Thanks for listening. And remember, the greatest story took place at the cross. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. There's more to Charlie's story, so we hope you'll join us again next time as we listen to The Storyteller.